Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Completely Cedric. This episode is called A Piece of My Love. I grew up in a house where R&B was constantly played. So the song Piece of My Love by the 1980s supergroup guy was a constant in my home as my sister was a deep guy and Aaron Hall fan. This episode is about a taboo topic, and it's the topic of sex and relationships. Yes, S-E-X, sex. When you're a person with a special needs diagnosis, a lot of times sex is not talked about. It's just not talked about. A lot of times your family is not really willing to admit that they have their own biases about it. Because I know my family isn't fully. My mother would love to tell me what somebody else was doing and how they get out and get around and do all of this stuff. But I had the tendency to believe that if a person with a special needs diagnosis or for some unfortunate event, had limited physical capacity, I don't think my mother would have been initially interested. And the same thing goes for my siblings. See, what you can't do as a person who has a sibling or some other relation with a special needs diagnosis, you can't use them as a reason to say that you wouldn't that you would not discriminate because those same biases that you deal with other people deal with and if you want other people to accept your loved one then you must accept other people the same way you want your loved one to be accepted Growing up in my house, sex was not talked about. My mom nor my siblings prepared me in any kind of way for sex. In actuality, they kind of laughed at it because they didn't know how to admit that they really couldn't see it. Not from the standpoint that I'm not capable of involving myself in a relationship or engaging in sexual intercourse, but more so that they just didn't trust people with me. I took very notice of that early. As I went into pubescence, there was no real mention of it. It actually was a joking matter. My brother and I went to middle school and high school together. My brother has always had very attractive female friends. And I even had crushes on some of them. Actually, my first two crushes were friends of his. And then let's just throw in this taboo subject. When you have special, 
when you have a special needs diagnosis and then you have a sibling who recently came out as gay and your mom does not know what to do with it, there's a certain pressure now involved to fulfill whatever it is that your sibling can't. My mother had no idea what to do with my brother now coming out as gay. I believe that there was some hyper-intensity on my mom's part to make sure that I was not gay. My mom coming from more of a rough street culture background to be a young gay man is a no-no in my mother's personal upbringing. So she really gave my brother a hard time. And my brother may have seen a lot of these things as rejection when really my mother just had no idea what to do with that. She felt like the son she was going to have died. The man that she was going to see was now non-existent. And as far as I was concerned, she didn't have any expectations or hope for me as far as a relationship was concerned. And my brother was not the type of sibling to introduce me to girls or anything like that. My brother was trying to navigate his own sexuality and deal with whatever his proclivities were as an individual man. So I went through about, I went about the business, rather, of trying to find how to express my own sexuality. I was very sensitive about that because sex is an activity that pulls in all of you, your body, your mind, your soul, and spirit. At the time, as a teenager, I was not walking with the Lord, but I did not want to just sleep around like that. I didn't want to be like all the other guys I had seen, sleeping around with girls just because it was the thing to do. I wanted to be genuinely liked and respected for the person that I was and am. And I still am that way. But a lot of times, there's a certain stigma and taboo about people with special needs diagnoses. A a lot of people think we cannot have sex. A lot of people think, especially those diagnosed with CP, that we're paralyzed. So I often get questions like, does it work? What does it feel like when you become aroused? They want to know if I get erections or anything like that, which I find those questions to be 
very invasive and quite disrespectful. There's a certain learning curve for the ones that can't seem to catch on to the fact that in the sexual department, especially with those who have CP, that there is nothing wrong. Because most people with special needs diagnosis are not fully integrated into the social order, we can't have honest dialogue about sex and relationships. Most people who are diagnosed with a disability or have a visitor, as my spiritual auntie, Apostle Angela Stewart called it, most people end up engaging in relationships very late due to lack of sincere socialization. In other words, this is what I meant when I said getting out won't just fix that. There has to be genuine connection. And I didn't feel like I had that growing up. I got tired of going through the rat race that most boys go through. We're taught that it's not cool to be a virgin, that we must be sexually active, and that we must be sexually active as early as possible. But that wasn't in the cards for me, and I didn't want to sleep around in that way. I did not want to use my body as a play toy. I I wanted and I still want to engage in a meaningful relationship that God is pleased with. I was not into sleeping around to prove a point that I can have sex like everyone else. I wasn't into trying to break the taboo of a so-called special needs person because I'm not a special needs person. I am a person who just so happens to deal with the effects of a condition. That is it and that is all. But through this podcast and other things, I feel that I will bridge the gap to stress the point that we are all human beings. I think about sex just like any other man. And there are other men like me who experience the effects of a visitor, whether it is CP, whether it is spina bifida, autism, blindness, insert whatever form of special needs you want to put in the box. I'm not limited to that. I'm not that. I just always wanted to be respected, and I never felt comfortable in my own personal environment. I never felt like I could share my real feelings about sex, about sex, relationships, sexuality in general with much of anyone except for maybe 
my pastor and a few other spiritual leaders. I didn't feel like a relationship was possible because I was not raised to really have full confidence in someone taking me serious. There's a certain level of denial that goes on in families about their own reticence concerning relationships for their loved ones dealing with a visitor just like mine did. For example, when I went to my prom, although there was no such talk of sex on the table ever, there was the assumption that I was supposed to do that. I was just going out with my friends. Although the thought crossed my mind because my friend is an extremely attractive woman, I was not going to engage in something that I felt was not there. I was not trying to make it my goal to not be a virgin. My goal was to have fun and to spend time with my friend just in case I never saw her again, being as though I knew at some point she would want to move back to Maryland, which is actually what she did. I never wanted to prove to anyone that I was worth spending time with. So a lot of times I would continue the isolation I had already experienced growing up to stress the point that I wasn't going to take anything, that I wasn't going to in more of an urban colloquialism trick to be with a woman. I wasn't going to scheme to have sex or get people to pity me. I wanted to genuinely be respected for who I was. So, I did not date because I didn't feel comfortable, nor did I feel I had complete family support. I would often see my schoolmates dating and feel like there was something wrong with me. And now I see a lot of my schoolmates with children and some of them are even married. And I wished at one point that was part of my journey. But I'm now learning to trust God with my sexuality and with who I am as a whole person. But I'm also learning to be honest and share my experiences with others so that they can understand that I'm human and I have the same feelings as others. I'm just 
on the journey of submitting my whole self to God every day. I just want to be a living example of what God does in the human spirit. That he transforms and changes you completely one day at a time. So no, I will not abuse myself. No, I will not go out of my way to try and prove the false narrative of masculinity through sex. I want to please God. And I want his name to be lifted up. So if that means I have to be scorned for my being a virgin at 29, then so be it. But just know this, I am a man and I enjoy the sight of a beautiful woman. I think about sex like any other man. And I will eventually, when God sees fit, share my body with the woman he has designed specifically for me. And nothing is taboo or shameful about it. Thank you and have a wonderful evening.